You're listening to The Process, where we talk to some of the industry's most talented artists, including film, TV and game. From concept artists to previews to 3D animators and visual effects artists, we talk about a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them, as well as show an insight into the mind and workflow of each artist. For any visuals discussed in this episode, we've provided a link to images and videos should you need a bit more context. Hey Ellie. Hi Jamie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. My name is Ellie Cooper and I I am the creative director and founder of Athena Productions, which is a concept art studio. But primarily I started off as a concept artist, a freelance concept artist. And I've worked for companies such as Disney, MPC, uh, Sony, Ubisoft, um, Apple TV, Paramount Pictures, all, all sorts of people, even KFC. So I've worked for, nice. a, real, worked for a real number of people. So uh, that's primarily what I do. But the, probably my defining feature is that I use Unreal Engine for concept art. What was the KFC? Was it a commercial, I guess? Yeah, yeah, it was a Christmas commercial in uh, Shanghai, in yeah. uh, China, actually. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting one to work on. Yeah. How's your week been? What have you been up to? Uh, well, we've just been busy on on different projects. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like I've I've run I've run three weeks in one week instead of just the one. So uh, is it is it is it crunch time? Um, yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, just keeping track of everything, like as you well know, is can be just exhausting. Um, yeah. So so yeah, but it's been really good, really really good. What about you? Yeah, just kind of wrapping up on a project that we're working on at the minute. So. Uh, yeah, all, all been going well, um, and the client's happy, so that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, that's always that's always the good part, isn't it? That it happy. is. Uh, that's exactly on. the same. So okay, just, yeah, go for just it. Just let me chuck my cat out. Oh, can, can we have a look at the cat? I love cats. Oh, my gosh, so cute. He's, what's, uh, the, what's the cat's name? Kuro. Kuro. And has he got a little what? tag on the front? Yeah, yeah, he does when oh, he goes out. But so he's, uh, cute. He's like uh, 11 months old, so he's really quite cheeky. So let me just shut up. <laughs> no, cat, kid. I love cats. I'm definitely a cat guy. Oh, me too. He just, he just will hop on the desk. He'll screech. <laughs> he'll do everything to get in the way in like, you know, the worst moment. What about your, I guess, background and education? How did you get into the industry and that type of thing? Yeah, so I... When I first found out about digital art, it was through it was through seeing a picture on the internet of a of a horse jumping over a over a waterfall, and I I went to my dad and I said, "How does somebody do that?" And he said, "Well, they use Photoshop." And he had a spare disc lying around when they used to be on discs. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got one of those, and I was playing with Photoshop, trying to reproduce the same image, trying to figure out how they did it, and then I realised I needed a tablet. So I asked for a tablet for my birthday or Christmas or something like that. And um, my dad was really good to get me one. And ever since then, I, I've been just working uh, digitally. I worked on that. And then at 18, I went um, to Northampton University and I went to do 3D games art. Um, but I just, I kept going back to concept art. And when I graduated from that, I just started out uh, doing freelance work. Um, I was working at the same time um, at another company where I was answering phones to clients. And then in the mornings, really early mornings and evenings, I'd be doing um, freelance work or just concept art pieces for my portfolio. And eventually I I was busy enough with freelance work that I could just do that full time. Um, I was I was really 
fortunate, I think, that I could do it full time as I really loved it. You know, I, you know, my freelance work was starting to become my full time and I was really loving it. You know, and going and answering phone calls was kind of the it, it didn't feel right for me. Oh, that's great. And then, then you sort of reduced the um, that and went full time with uh, concept art, which is yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was, I was really lucky. It was it was sad to leave all my colleagues behind from my last job. I still keep in touch with them and still see them. Um, but yeah, going full time freelance doing actual concept art was was really great. I kind of found my feet after that. Brilliant. And then what was uh, was it um, just straight up Photoshop in in those days? Then were you used to? Yeah, yeah, I didn't I don't think I started using 3D until until I went to university. I don't think I even knew that was a possibility to use any concept yeah. art or anything like that when I went to university. I had no idea what everyone was using, you know, 3DS Max, you know, blew my brain. I didn't I had no idea how to use it. It was I think I I produced some really awful awful 3D <laughs> during that time. It, it- and did you, um, so you, when you was at university, was it something that you saw other people using and, and then you thought you'll implement and learn a 3D package and that was 3DS Max there? Well, they were teaching 3DS Max there. Um, so I kind of had to have had to learn it. And when they showed us how to use ZBrush, you know, ZBrush, I still use it to this day. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, it, was, it felt a lot more artistic to me. I know some people either love it or hate it, mm-hmm. but... You know, I, I find it really artistic and really intuitive. Um, and once I found ZBrush, I started to implement it into my into my concept art workflow, and that really that really helped. Brilliant. And, and what about um, like landscapes and and that type of concept art? Was it still was you still using like two D Photoshop, or did you start to um, you know use three D for environment stuff? Yeah. So eventually, I did get to that, especially with architecture. Um, I started yeah. to use different, um, you know, I started to use 3D to do the architecture or, you know, I just used to do it for creatures. Um, you know, I just found it was much easier to get the lighting and perspective right if I use 3D, um, yeah. you know, for, for landscapes. You know, now nowadays I use 3D probably 80 90% of really? the concept art, especially landscapes. You know, I might use Gaia or... Or something like that, you know, one of those sort of packages to actually mm-hmm. create the landscape rather than trying to photobash it. It's just much quicker. Sure. Yeah. And and what's really nice about um, uh, you know 3D and concept art is it really once you're in that 3D space, it really gives you a natural depth and scale because because scale's such an important thing. And and I guess once you're in that 3D world, it really adds. Yeah. Yeah. so much to your to your work yeah and that's a good point as well you know it just adds that depth to it you know it's so it's quite difficult to get depth into photos sometimes just because they already yeah. have a predefined depth from the photograph so if you want them that perfect mounted closer you then have to trawl through the internet trying to find that perfect photo sure, of that yeah. perfect mountain this close um which can be quite tricky um so just using 3d can be far quicker and easier yeah and i guess even if it's just sort of grayscale sort of models that are there to just you know paint over the top as well yeah 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 definitely like even grayscale ones are really useful you know but it's it's so easy nowadays to just throw a texture on you know it's mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's so so straightforward that it's not it's not too much of a stretch to, to do yeah. that now what was your sort of breakthrough story into 
uh, I guess, the industry or what was the first few projects that you worked on? Well, that's a good question. I, I took on a lot of um, private commissions from a lot of small, smaller clients. And that was really, that was really informative, you know, to, to kind of see what it was like working for those sort of people, you know, and making sure that you kind of handled your own side of it, <clears throat> you know, like uh, the contracts and invoicing and just general client relationships. That was really important. And, you know, I had such, I think I was really fortunate that I got to experience great clients throughout, you know, I've been really fortunate with that and everyone's, you know, they made it such a pleasant experience that I just loved doing it. Um, but kind of project wise, um, I really didn't have many ones that I can speak about now. Some of them are still, still under development. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was really lucky to have get, got picked up by Goodbye Kansas for a little while. Um, they're awesome. Uh, that studio, they're incredibly nice people and they're just great all around, you know, they're really talented and I was really lucky to be with them for about a year um, working on different nice. projects. So I was, I was really fortunate there. What about uh, the Athena Productions? Was that something that you sort of set up early uh, early on after university or is that a fairly recent thing? Tell yeah. us a little bit about Athena Productions. Yeah, so Athena was set up in 2021. Um, so we've been going for about a year and a bit now. So that was primarily set up because I was uh, getting more and more busy with my Unreal Engine concept artwork and people were asking it for it more and more and I just couldn't meet demand anymore so like any sane person I started hiring people <laughs> and then I just formed Athena around it you know and it's it's been it's been a blast I've absolutely loved the last past year and a half you know it's just been so much fun and you know working on Unreal Engine centric you know projects has been absolutely brilliant as well. Tell us a little bit about how you discovered uh, and when you discovered Unreal Engine and what was it like dipping your toe into it for the first time? And Yes, yeah, so I discovered it first when it, I think it must have been back in 2014, 15. I, I'd seen it on the internet and once again went to my dad and asked him if I could download Epic, <laughs> Epic's uh, Unreal Engine. Yeah. And he had, to, he had to take the PC into work because the internet was so slow and couldn't deal with downloading <laughs> it. So he took a little laptop into work and downloaded it for me. And I just started started playing with it, um, and it was it was really great even back then. Um, I can't even remember what version it must have been then. I'm sure somebody probably knows, but I, I cannot remember. I don't think I even checked. Um, and then I I was using it again when I went to university as they taught Unreal Engine at university, um, and I kind of just stuck with it through the years mm -hmm. um, up until now. I use different programs in the middle of that, like Blender and Octane all these other bits and pieces but i never found okay. anything that was quite like unreal engine the closest for me was probably octane because of right. how um creative and artistic it felt you know that nice. that you can move the sun and and it's mm -hmm. renders in real time and all this that and the other you know that was a real real game changer for me is like i i don't really want to be struggling you know trying to optimize it all the time yeah. um or having to render out to see an issue sure you know that's that's really aggravating when you get to the end of it and it's rendered for six hours and suddenly you see it yes <laughs> you see something out of place and you have to do it all over again you know unreal engine's not like that yeah you can just chuck chuck stuff at it especially now um and that's the beauty of of that real-time um abilities in it and capabilities and especially for exploring worlds and models and and finding 
I guess, lighting and composition and just sort of seeing something that fairly represents your piece of work in, in the viewport is, is great. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real game changer, that. Did you um, ever play with Blender's Grease Pencil out of interest? Yeah, I, I, I did a little bit, but I, I, don't, I couldn't really wrap my head around it. I don't, I don't really know why. I just, I just couldn't get along with it. Um, and I didn't see how I could use it um, very, you know, yeah. for, for my concept art or anything like that. I'm sure, you know, some people use it to incredible effect. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really jealous of all the people that can use it and they create incredible little animations and really cute little um, dioramas and things like that. But yeah. yeah, I just, I used it for probably a day and I was like, ah, nah, yeah. <laughs> I'll pick it up. No, that's no problem. That's fair enough. It's just interesting because, you know, we, we speak to a lot of people and it's just great to hear everybody's own unique like preferences and workflows and pipelines and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I'm the most technically minded person out there. Um, as I learn Unreal Engine more and more, I find myself getting more and more technical. But I think when I first use a program, especially with concept art, I want to be able to be more artistic and creative yeah. than technical. And that's probably why I got along with ZBrush because it mm-hmm. felt more artistic. And that's kind of the way my, my mind works, my brain works. Um, other people are probably more technically minded. You know, they're able to you know, do all that side of it, the more technical, the more modeling side of it, the more unwrapping, and they find that enjoyable. And that's where they gain their pleasure from doing the art. But for me, I yeah. I, I like to be able to move on quite quickly. I don't want to be yeah. bogged down with with all that sure. side of it. Yeah. Stay stay creative and, and, and try and reduce the amount of technical knowledge that's needed, especially when you're only on that creative sort of workflow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you was using Unreal Engine, was that on an actual project or did you just start to kind of use it in your spare time to just see what it was, what it was all about and how you could implement that into your professional Yeah, so work? probably the first major piece that I used it on to great effect was my um, <clears throat> Forgotten Temple one, I think it's called. Um, it was a more Egyptian piece and it actually got picked up by Epic Games' Instagram uh, team. Oh, amazing. Um, and they posted it on their Instagram and that was that was amazing to have seen that. Um, you know, and after that, it all seemed to just kind of take off, um, you know, and that was the first major piece where I thought, you know, this, this is incredible for concept art because I, I don't, I think I did 90, 80% of it in 3d and I only overpainted a little bit. And I thought, well, if I can do this, you know, with not tons of knowledge, then, you know, what can I do when I have tons and tons of knowledge, you know, and that was, that was really exciting. And the fact that. I can grow with it, you know, that I could do short films is really exciting. Um, and I think that's great that you're not just limited to, to one field with it. And that's kind of the cool bit as well, that I can show clients different lighting scenarios, but also different, different weather scenarios. Like most of them get, you know, they're blown away when they see concept art that has different rain scenario, you know, different weather scenarios because yeah. they haven't asked for it, you know, and that's, that's always really, really fun to be able to do. Definitely. And that's the power, isn't it, of, um, you know, changing especially with the clients that and you know clients love to change things and i wonder what that would look like over there um and i guess if you're working in a 2d space uh if you've got say a building and some foreground elements and the character and, and the client wants to see it from a different angle mm. you've got to fully think okay what would it look like from over here and it's a completely brand new piece whereas if you're in um, a 3d environment it's as simple as moving a camera, changing a lens, playing around with lighting systems to get all these types of environments um, at the, 
you know, the tips of your fingers. And I guess that feels very powerful, doesn't it? To be able yeah. to pitch, uh, show a client 10 different uh, angles of the sun and the yeah. golden hour and the, and the storms. Exactly. And it's been, it's been a huge, a huge thing with like film directors, you know, cause they feel like they're collaborating more that they're not so, yeah. not so cut off, you know, like production designers, they love it. The fact that they can hop on a call with us and just zoom around the scene and find the perfect angle or change the camera or just do, you know, a sequence, you know, and just kind yeah. of do a little bit of, it's kind of this weird morphed previous side of it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's kind of changing our job description um, all the time. And that's, I find that really fun, you know, that we're, we're able to widen the net more. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, and, it, and, it's, and it changes and it grows ever so quickly with all these new tools and, you know, the, the capabilities and, and things like that. I've got a note here to talk about AI concept art. <laughs> that's always a little... A bit of a sore subject at times. Yeah, I'm in two minds with it. So, you know, I I see it as beneficial for when an art director or production designer or whoever comes to us and says, I've got this as reference. This is what I've got in my head. Can you go from here onwards? And that's really useful. But when it's being used as, you know, you know, when it's just being used as is, um, you know, there is an issue with copyright, you know, what, AI isn't inherently creative, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's all of this isn't created in a vacuum, it's used stuff, you know, it's used art yeah. from, from the internet, it's used all of our work. Um, and yeah. that's, that's not fair, you know, especially mm -hmm. when people have put their, you know, their, you know, blood and tears into, into these images. Um, yeah, the craft. And I think it's particularly upsetting for artists who feel like it could it could make them, you know, redundant, you know, that people might not use them anymore. But, you know, as a business owner, I, I try to say to people, you know, I if you handed me an AI created image, I wouldn't accept it from you because I can't tell my client with 100% confidence that they have the copyright. You know, that's that's essentially what we what you do when when you hand over the image is you hand over the copyright and sure. you can't hand it over if, if you don't, you know, if it's if it's just an amalgamation of other people's work, you know, um, and there's all these lawsuits going on at the moment. We'll see how those pan out, you know, in 2024, yeah. I might be singing a different tune, you know, you, you know, you never know. Um, yeah. But I try to stay on the fence with these sort of things and keep an open mind as much as sure. I can um, and try and see it from different perspectives. But I, I don't think right now it's at a place where it can be used commercially. Yeah. Well, some people obviously feel very passionate about it. I feel most sorry for junior concept artists who are just coming in and they're feeling, you know, they feel, I know some of them have spoke to me about it saying, well, I've just stepped through the door and now I'm being pushed back out by AI, you know, and, and for them that must be really quite terrifying, you know. Um, and sure. I, I hold the belief that concept artists won't remain as we are. You know, I think we'll have a more 3D generalist sort of outlook in a few years' time, you know, years ago photo fashion used to be a sin you know and then 3d used to be a True, sin yeah. you know yeah. and, and now 3d is you know kind of with realistic and semi-realistic art it's it's a given you know i was yeah. only only saying to one of our, our concept artists in the studio earlier today that i don't know any concept artist that doesn't use 3d anymore um yeah. you know and and that's that's part of it that you have to keep an open mind you know to to new things coming through um you know i'm not saying this about ai 
I'm kind of saying this in general of all different techniques. And that's why I think yeah. Unreal's pretty cool for that sort of stuff. Um, and that's just my opinion. Other people have different sure. opinions, um, you know, as, as well as AI. You know, it's a, it's a complicated topic, isn't it? It is. It is. Absolutely. And um, But yeah, thanks for... Uh, sharing your thoughts on it and it's it is interesting to hear you mentioned earlier about having the ability to explore small animations and and, and scenes and camera moves and things is that something that you've been doing a lot of yeah yeah so it's definitely something i've been doing a lot of so i've, I've kind of started off doing you know static scenes and just learning about that side of it and starting to push it more um and very recently i did the uh, fellowship um that kind of finished yeah. a few weeks ago Oh, a couple of weeks ago, so just come off of that. That's <laughs> intense, isn't it, here? Yeah, needed a long, long weekend after that one. Sure. Um, but that that kind of, I worked on, with that one, I was pushing my realism. Um, you know, right. all these different projects that I do are trying to build up to a bigger hole, and I would, I'd love to do a short film um, nice. at some point this year that I can release and, and enjoy and then start building up to bigger and bigger, as that's what I'd love to do, and I've always loved Amazing. to kind of, tell stories and that's my ultimate goal to do that um and i think i'm i mean with unreal engine i think it's more than you're more than capable you know with a team of one i reckon you could create a really lovely short if you have the right the right eye the right look and the right assets you know you don't need a team of 200 anymore yeah yeah and and that's what's the you know the beauty of you know unreal engine and, and people wanting to explore that world of of you know storytelling and world building mm. and uh, you know, the ability to just go and grab some uh, free assets or purchase assets from marketplaces and just start to put things together and explore um, and, and you know, and pick up, you know, potentially a passion of, well, I can create a little short animation here or, you know. Yeah, yeah, or create your own video game or anything like yeah. that. It's really, really, really cool. Uh, what, what did you... Um, so coming from a concept background what what in in the fellowship what kind of um pieces of work did you create is there any that we could do a little screen share of yeah so i did like a heist a heist room in the end um nice. it was yeah it was in it was intense doing all of this is that the, the jurassic similar to the, that looks i had a feeling of jurassic world um <laughs> oh that's dinosaurs yeah okay brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. You know, you know, in the Jurassic World, though, there's that the um... oh, the Triceratops girl. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was mostly the idea that I wanted to create a heist room that oh, a load of people are getting ready to to do a heist. Um, nice. But looks great. Whoever owns this, you know, the boss in charge is incredibly wealthy from doing all of this stealing. So, you know, only rich people can afford a T-Rex right. skull or T-Rex skeleton. So yes. that, was, that was kind of the idea that to show that he's this wealthy, that he has a, yeah. a T-Rex skeleton. Brilliant. It looks, looks beautiful. Was there a specific theme or asset pack that you were given to create these? Yeah, so they give a, they give a random a dice roll for you. You you roll oh, the dice nice. and it's super random and you just it's like a Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you've got to just assign nice. your numbers that you rolled and and kind of see where you what you get. Um and that was that was a lot of that was Brilliant. a lot of fun. I guess it puts you out of your, you know, not going in somewhere where you where you choose something. It's kind of good great 
way to sort of learn and be out your comfort zone potentially exactly um, exactly know? yeah some some people had some really difficult ones um i was i was quite lucky i got a really good role but i <laughs> i was on a saturday morning i was trying to figure out every single option that i could potentially have um and my my boyfriend he's a software engineer so he coded a really quick program and put my dice <laughs> roll in there and he gave me an excel sheet of every single option i could possibly have and it was like 180 options <laughs> he, brilliant he, he couldn't bear to see me doing it like one by one <laughs> <laughs> amazing so that was that was really good um but yeah, I tested out path tracing as well. I've never never oh, okay. used path tracing before with Unreal Engine. I've never really kind of been able to have the time to do that. And I did this project and sure. I got to say it had some incredible results. You know, the the realism was just uh, yeah. beyond anything I've ever seen. But yeah, it was, it was a great course and I, I really enjoyed it. Path tracing, it was, it's, it's path tracing or lumen, isn't it? I guess with um, the two of the... Yeah, nice, you know. yeah, it's either or. Um, and uh, my videos were were kind of real, uh, you know, were Lumen like ray tracing sort of stuff because um, it would have just taken absolutely hours to render it. Um, and the time limit is really really tight, so yeah. you can't you can't spend that long on it. Um, and then the images, I could spend that time kind of path doing using path tracing and trying to nice. like uh, iron out those kinks. And kind mm -hmm. of figure out if I want to use it for, you know, uh, anything else or, you know, any environments that I do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's quite, that's something I'd quite like to try with a new image. I'd quite like to try an environment and try and path trace it, see if it's nice. if it's useful for that. I might yeah. decide it's not, you know, it, but that's kind of part of it, isn't it? Just experimenting. Yes, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, you, so your typical uh, workflow then with uh, Unreal Engine now that you, uh, you know, use Unreal Engine, what, what's it like from start to finish? What What's your typical way of creating a piece of uh, concept art? Yeah, so often often I'll start with uh, sketches, so black and white sketches. So it depends what it is, but for example, if we have an architecture piece, I'll go into Unreal Engine and do a really quick block out, really quick mock-up, mm -hmm. and I'll render it out, take it into Photoshop, turn it black and white, do some overpainting to it. Normally they're not perfect. They're quite messy looking, some of them, um, but they give you a really good idea of what the options are, like compositionally lighting and things like that. And then from there, whichever one might get selected, especially by a client, we'll, we'll run with, um, and we'll kind of go back into, um, or I'll go back into Unreal Engine and start refining it more with assets and just better lighting and better things okay. like that. And I'll render it out again um, and start, photo bashing anything that I might need to, or just overpainting anything that might need a little bit of, of love. Um, and then that's kind of, you know, and then there's, you know, of course, some back and forth with some clients about, you know, different things change, things like that. And then it might be a bit of back and forth. Um, but that's kind of the general workflow that I follow every time now. Um, and any, any custom assets, um, I usually create in ZBrush and then uh, texture and, and paint in Substance Painter, which I found right really fun to use um I, I i don't think many people use it necessarily but i find it a lot of fun to do more complex it's got sure. really good auto uving it's interesting actually because you know is it tempting to just stay fully 3d or do you still what's the hybrid of i'm still going to paint over the 3d mm. yeah do you, know, do you know what i mean I, yeah it's yeah. interesting and it's a it's a constant 
it's a constant flux really some some pieces require it more than others um, right. you know some they can be left alone quite a bit you know like buildings for example i can leave them alone quite quite significantly um and then you know if i had a had a character or a creature it's better to overpaint i found um some of those a bit more just to clean them up um it really does it really does depend you know um i think now it's more of the fx sort of side that i paint in rather than anything else like you know i wouldn't photo bash a building in there ever, anymore you know um yeah. it's more like mist or smoke sure. or fire, you know, these sort of things that photos do better, you know, and I have more control over it. Same with skies, you know, uh, I was only saying recently to a client that we find it easier to put photos in in the in the sky rather than use the Unreal Engine engine um yeah. uh, clouds because we just can't art direct them um sure. to you know very quickly. It's much quicker just to throw in a photo yeah. than it is to to do that. You know, I know you can but for us as concept artists, it just saves time. And, and I guess it, that, that goes into the, you know, the technical side. So if, if a client was to say, can we change the clouds? And if you didn't have that technical knowledge of, okay, these these settings and I want to tweak this. And if you get this, it's, it, it dips, it, yeah. it slows down the creative side and then you're dipping into the technical side to get the same result. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, just say, you just say yes and try to find your way to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it makes complete sense when you're saying, you know, doing the in 2d it's a great balance actually the 2d 3d yeah it's um, what it's it's speed and efficiency you know whatever definitely. is faster and more efficient wins the day for me you know yeah. uh, that's why i say to people you know well, use use quicksell assets for for mm -hmm. that rock you know why are you trying to model it you know just use the quicksell yeah. thing and get it in and just be done with it you know you don't need to be modeling it for two hours you know yeah. what's, what's the point you're not going to yeah. get any better than the scan that they have so just use that um, and, you know, if you use the same rock 50 times, you know, you need to create new ones, of course. But with concept art, it's more than enough. Definitely. It's, it's interesting because that's that's kind of like, you know, from a from a previous background, you know, we, we work efficiently and as and as, you know, streamlined as possible. So if we can grab an asset rather than modeling it we're all about kit bashing in the 3d world you know and it, depending if it's more bespoke we spend time yeah. making more bespoke things but yeah, yeah if you can save time to get the result that you need definitely it, you know i think some people think probably feel a bit guilty about it still you know like kit bashing yeah. how much they've kit bashed a whole scene you know it's, it's quite interesting sometimes when you look at somebody's scene and you know exactly the asset pack that it's from yeah. um you know but some people use them to you know amazing amazing effect and like you can't tell where they've come from like some people mm -hmm. have used um some assets that i've used in my scenes and i've not been able to tell where they're from you know that's just yeah. i think that's just somebody's somebody's talent and skill with manipulating these assets mm -hmm. yeah absolutely describe what it's like being in um, a client call um inside of unreal engine have you ever had uh, the experience where you're sitting with a client and they're directing you live what's that like and the power yeah. of unreal engine yeah so that can be a lot of fun you know um especially if you have a have a client who's really collaborative and really excited about the power of unreal that can be a lot of fun you know that you're kind of whizzing around the scene you know they're saying oh can you go a little bit to the left can you do this and you say oh yeah, yeah i can and they're like oh that's amazing you know i didn't yeah. know you could do that and they're getting excited and sometimes you you're kind of teaching the client how to use it because they want to know how you did a specific thing and that always really makes me happy because they're they're buying into it and they're loving it as much as I am. And that's always that's always really fun when 
somebody finds it fun but not sure you know and that's mm-hmm. that's really nice um and being able to just move the camera around you know sometimes it's easier to have the person on the call telling you where to put the camera so if yeah. they said to us you know can you turn the camera like five degrees to the left or right or whatever you know we're kind of stuck with this time gap of like rendering out showing them emailing them and you know trying to get feedback so sometimes it's just easier to get people in a call and and kind of show them um and some people love it you know they just find it so so collaborative and easy mm-hmm. you know that they can see it all change you know they don't have to wait for for the next mm-hmm. uh, touch point or anything like that and, and i guess with clients as well like sometimes sometimes you can wait two days three days before they mm. give any feedback so i guess it's when when you do get the opportunity to sit with a client um, it's a great for you and for them because it's mm. a lot quicker and more efficient. Um, and, and do you ever find that you fall on sort of a happy accident or a, a moment where you discover something like and then go, oh, that's amazing because you're in, in a real-time uh, viewport? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, you might find that you move the camera down and you just find the most perfect shot, yeah. you know, that's, that's great being able to move it around like that. You know, I can't, I can't imagine being pure 2d anymore where you just don't, you can't have that option. You know, that feels, yeah. you know, really limiting to me, you know, being able yeah. to move the camera, you know, sometimes I found really amazing shots, even though I've been working on the scene for a couple of days and, you know, I've just decided, well, what happens if I set up a camera here and it, it's the one it's the angle, you know, it's, yeah. it's really nice to be able to do that. I guess it's like um, just scouted on set, isn't it? Really, or being outside with a with a camera and mm. and sort of you know getting down low and then f- you know finding that nice composition and discovering it like yeah. as if you're on the set or at location. Yeah, you can do that exactly. And that's that's like kind of with the fellowship program. Like it was so much fun to be able to build out the entire environment, and that's something that I I do quite a lot now, where I build out, like for example, Fiverr Street. I'll build out you know the whole street, and then I'll just I can just scout around for different camera locations and that's that's really fun. You know, and being able at the end to do a sequence through the end of it as well and hand that into the client is really great. You know, they're always they're always so shocked, you know, that you can do that and hand that in and it still looks exactly like the concept art somehow. Sure. You know, that's that gives them a real, you know, it delights people and I really Definitely. I really love that. Okay, uh, that's a good question, actually, because do you, um, you know, if you're if the client's asking for, you know, say, for example, five stills uh, concept art of this location or this this environment or uh, model, um, is it now that you can, you know, use Unreal Engine to that level and your skill set, is it always tempting to just give them a little sort of camera push <laughs> and just reveal a little bit of foreground element? And, yeah, yeah, so because- we, we always hand in you know, like five stills, whatever they've asked for. But, you know, it can be really quick to do the, you know, just to pull the camera forwards, you know, it's no effort whatsoever. And, you know, that's where we just don't tell them and then we hand it in and they're like, you know, they're so shocked and delighted. And, you know, they think, you know, we've gone above and beyond, but actually, you know, we've done something really simple. two keyframes. In reality, we've done something quite simple, but we've still thought about that client experience that they go away delighted. And that's that's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's that's it's great. You know, the, using the tools and sort of over delivering and yeah, clients they love it, don't they? Um, we we had one before where I was working on 
uh, Jurassic World, one of the Jurassic World. We've mentioned oh, Jurassic wow, yeah. twice. Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, this chat. I love Jurassic but, World. <laughs> oh, it's great, isn't it? The, um, there was a concept art piece that we were given as um, previous. You know, there's like gyrosphere balls um, that, that there's a volcano exploding and then uh, Chris Pratt's running down and he's trying to get his team into the gyrosphere and he's getting chased by a stampede of dinosaurs. We were given a still frame of this moment uh, with the gyrosphere and the, the volcanic rocks sort of burning into the water. There was nice tones of like green and warm and cool colours and just as a piece of concept art, it was just beautiful. We went to town on creating like a replica of the still image, you know, just bringing that still frame to life. And, you know, and when the clients saw it in action, they were kind of like wowed by it. And, you know, just matching the tone and the colour and just really nailing the, you know, what the concept art yeah. was initially there for. But I yeah. guess now in Unreal Engine, it's a lot quicker. That was Maya, that was Viewport, but the power of what you can get out of things yeah. like Unreal Engine. And- yeah, well, I mean, I'm you know, sure they saw that, that concept art and that was what they had in their head, you know, and that's yeah. how they imagined the scene and that's what they kind of built their imagination around. And then, you know, yeah. the fact that you guys took it and, like, delivered exactly that and made a move probably, you know, made them so happy you know there's a reason sure. that you know these pieces don't get chucked in the bin it's because somebody yeah. somewhere along the line liked something specific about it you know and it's i bet that was really cool for somebody to see you know that progression yeah. of that that key scene yeah it's always great to see something come to life and and you know like you said even if it's just a subtle camera move there's just something about the the tone and the you know even if it's for four seconds long but the camera's just creeping in it just gives you an extra level of like whoa this is you know, really brings it to life. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what What was um, What was it? So we've got on here. You've worked on, and you mentioned earlier, like the Halo TV series. Um, is there anything that you can talk about on that? What you did on there? I'm not sure if you can show anything. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But so yeah, I can't, what was that I can't show anything. That's um, fine. But I was I was really lucky to work on a on um, I think it's like Madrigal, um, the that planet with a lot of um, like a desert. Uh, environments and I used Unreal Engine for it. Um, I was helping um, a load of uh, like VFX, small VFX shots, like a matte painting shop um, of how that was going to look once it was delivered to the VFX team. Um, and that was really cool because I got to use Unreal Engine and I got to, I think that was one of the ones where I got the, I think I got my director on the phone and I, on the, on a call and we were just uh, trying to look around the scene. Um, you know, this, I had this huge, vast uh, desert that I then used in the in the um, in the in the concept art because it was like a whole 360 shot. The camera properly panned round, so I or 180. So I had to make sure that I had a whole environment, and that was kind of the beauty of it that I had this whole expansive environment, and then I had these. Uh, I think they were like oil rigs or something in the far distance, um, and I could I could kind of zoom the camera along as though we were driving along the road to kind of figure out how close or how far back I wanted the shot. And that was really, really cool to be able to, to be able to do that. Um, and I think that was one of the first times that I really capitalized on telling people that I used Unreal Engine for the shot. And, and that was really interesting seeing people's reaction to it because I don't think I knew what I was using or what I had at that point. And that was yeah. that was very cool. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because it's not like you said earlier when we when we first started talking, it's like you know, it's not your your job title. It's not necessarily, you know, it's concept artist in the traditional form, but you're really taking it to, you know, using new tools and developing it in a way that becomes a new skill set and a new job title in itself. It's hard to say 
you know, you're a concept artist. You are, of course, <laughs> yeah. but you're really doing a lot more than just concept art. You're yeah, yeah. scouting, you're exploring, you're giving the clients a lot more than just, yeah. just standard concept art. I don't really art. know what I am anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know your skill sets and, um, you know, you know what you offer and you, you know what you can do. Yeah. Um, how, how does it feel with this, you know, in the ever-growing sort of an ever-changing world of tools and softwares, how do you handle pressure of do I need to know everything or do you just stick to what you know and then go naturally in terms of yeah. gaining more knowledge? What's that like? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of whatever, I, whatever I'm feeling like really, whatever feels right to me. You know, it used to be that years ago I, was, I felt really pressured about what everyone else used. So I'd try and jump on the same wagon everyone else was on using different programs because I felt really lost. And I thought, I think I thought for a while that I had to use what everyone else had to use because that was the right way of doing it. But actually, it doesn't matter which package you use. In the mm -hmm. end, it's the final result that really matters. And that was where I got I got quite stuck. And when I found Unreal, I'd never wanted to leave it. And, you know, now I'm kind of looking at different programs. You know, I, I learned Gaia, you know, and Substance Painter. And like now I'm starting to look at Houdini to try and learn that. Um, and, you know, trying to figure out if I should be using Blender or Maya is a, is a big one. I'm quite scared of learning either. Um, but we'll, Bl we'll Blender see. is a great one to learn. You'll, once you have a play around in that, you'll love it. There's a, there's a real-time viewport in there, which... You know, it's not Unreal Engine, but it's 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 really really good. Yeah, yeah. So, because I want to, I wanted to start creating. You know, having that option that I could create um, more advanced assets and things like that, and learn that side mm -hmm. of it. And you know, I wanted to, I wanted to look at Nuke at some point. But you know, all these programs have huge yeah. prices to them. So you know, yeah. and you have to, I think, you have to be quite committed to some of them to to learn them. But Houdini and Nuke are definitely on my on my big list. Yeah, yeah. And what's it like as a, uh, as a as a studio in terms of like software? Do you, um, you know, always try out like free and open source softwares or, or, or do you think that package we need to pay for this software because it gives us this? What's it like from a studio perspective? It depends on the artist, really. So some of our artists just use Blender because they find it easier. It was free when they started using it and still is and they, they enjoy it. And some of our artists use ZBrush, 3D Coat, um and you know nearly all of them use unreal engine nowadays you know um and that's is that just, because of you is that because yeah. of you find yeah. the flag yeah yeah and also because we get clients in wanting unreal and it's like well we have to use like you know we have to use unreal and you know a lot of them that do use it they come away saying you know god it's a jet game changer like i really love using it i'm going to go and look at it some more you know and that's that's really that's really cool to see as well um, but as we get more and more clients wanting Unreal, you know, and our, our capabilities in that, the more and more that we have to we have to train our artists for that, you know, and that's 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 really quite uh, quite fun to see all those artists blossom with it. We've just touched on the the Halo. Um, my my mom is a massive fan of uh, C, the TV show C with Jasmine. Um, what was it like um, on that? What did you sort of create for for that show? Yeah, so I was I was on the concept art team for that one, and I um, I should be able to show it as well. But I created um, a load of VFX uh, concept shots. So um, I was I was doing a lot of um, like uh, it's quite grim, but I was doing a lot of landmine explosions with somebody uh, stepping on it, which was which was quite hard to to do for me. 
Um, I don't watch, you know, war films or gory films or things like that. So that was quite difficult for me. So I had to find a way to do that. And I found that looking up exploding watermelons was okay. was the one way that I could I could do it and not feel really awful <laughs> while yeah. doing it. But it turned out, you know, the scene, the VFX team did such a good good job with it. Um, and I also did a few other few other scenes, few other bits and pieces on that as well, and helped up yeah. helped a couple of other uh, shots with another concept artist. Um, and that was that was really that was really interesting. That one to do the VFX side of it and um, the VFX concept art, but you know you don't always get to do um, fantasy and sunshine and rainbows, you know. And you know going into the darker side of doing stuff like that is it can be when you're when you're on it for weeks and weeks it can be quite tough um mm. i found um you know and, and that's something that i've i've said to people that one day you can be on something you know fantasy the next you can be on a war film you know and you, you just have you know, just have to get on with it and i really loved the project it was so much fun but kind of working on those shots was was quite you know i got given a lot of war references mm. like war film references and i i couldn't watch them i'd have to ask what specific frame somebody wanted me to look at i couldn't actually watch the whole sequence. oh really yeah yeah i can't, I can't it's do pretty, it. yeah it's i can yeah it's not a, not a pleasant thing to to be no. looking at all day every day mm-hmm. for weeks on end you know no no <laughs> was that um, unreal engine or was that um, more 2d so that was more 2d that time because i had a lot of the plates so i used um oh okay yeah so i had a lot of plates to work on that and i love yeah. working over top of plates actually it's a it's really cool to see where the the show is going um and that was that was quite fun so that's, that's i guess that's kind of like uh what because we we were in the previous world the tech vis world and then we go into post vis that that sounds a little bit more like uh, post vis but for concept art so you're taking the actual plates and then you're doing concept for the vfx yeah yeah exactly and i was just helping to work out how that how these specific explosions and body physics would work before anybody got too committed um and that was i kind of helped out on that side of it and then there were yeah there were a few shots that we helped out on that were more um like uh like battle sequences and things like that but they i think they all involved explosions of some kind um which was yeah I think that's kind of part of the whole plot of season three. Right. So I'm not giving any spoilers. Spoil. Mm. Okay. Uh, somebody, somebody will be, somebody will come after me if I do that. <laughs> somebody won't have watched it. <laughs> oh, well, any, any, any spoilers out, we'll take out. <laughs> what kind of advice can you give to somebody stepping into and discovering the world of concept art? For, I guess from a, from maybe a, a student perspective. Yeah. So I think like I was talking about earlier is kind of focus on what you enjoy program wise. Like I was saying, I spent so long worrying about what other people were doing and what they were using that I forgot to just kind of enjoy myself for the sake of enjoying art. And I think that's really important that you kind of don't, you know, delve too deep into social media, you know, like seeing what another junior concept artist might be doing because you don't really know you know, it's like it's like Instagram. Somebody might post one photo of themselves, but they've actually taken a thousand and they've mm-hmm. chosen the best one. They've curated it, but you don't know what other people have their journey is and things like that. And what's important is like your own. Um, and I really, I really struggled with that. And I think I really, I really burned myself out on that one. Um, you know, trying to worrying about am I progressing? Am I not progressing? And things like that. But in fact, you are. You are always progressing. I think as long as you're, you keep going and keep trying to learn, 
know, even if you watch a 10 minute YouTube video, you know, you're still progressing in some sort of way. And I think, you know, it's just comes back to that being kind to yourself and being fair to yourself. Definitely. That's really good advice, Ellie. Um, and, and what about, uh, I guess, any advice for, for people sort of balancing, I'm not, I'm not sure if you've done it yourself, personal projects, um, mm-hmm. balancing full-time work with personal projects. Is that something that you've experienced yourself in the past or at the moment? Yeah, I definitely did. I definitely did in the past. And nowadays I, I try to, I try to loop in my personal work still with the business side of it. You know, if I do a piece, it gets used for marketing purposes. You know, I try to like loop it in. Um, but back when I was a, a freelancer, I found like, you know, when I was on the sea stuff, I found it really helpful to work on something that was, you know, the total opposite to what I was working on or something that I really wanted to work right. on just to try and keep myself inspired and, and feeling, feeling, you know, creative you know, and still learning and still using different packages and just, you know, because it doesn't have to be concept art. It doesn't have to be whatever field you're in. You could just do a personal piece that's a, that's just a 3D asset or a short film or anything you like. It doesn't have to be presented to anyone at the end of the day. It's just supposed to be for your own enjoyment and the love yeah. that you have for what you do. Yeah, doing it at the weekend was always a lot of fun. You know, I'd spend a couple of hours here and there. You know, I wouldn't spend all day every day. You know, I wouldn't end work at five and work till 11 o'clock at night you know I was I was kind of doing what I wanted gaming and things like that yeah what what games are you playing at the moment out of interest uh so I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and then my boyfriend and I are currently playing together um God of War Ragnarok oh the new one Ragnarok yeah yeah so we're a bit we're a bit behind everyone else so it's been like spoiler city so we've been, oh. like, we've been like just dodging it, trying to dodge uh, Art Station for a few weeks when they did yeah. the art drop um, yes. and things like that. And yeah, I really want to play Harry Potter, uh, the Hogwarts Legacy. Oh yeah, one yeah. of our guys has just picked that up. He says oh he, really? He yeah. Loves it. Yeah, he's loving that at the moment. He would, we would seem like sort of watching a lot of uh videos on his on his lunch break and then suddenly he says yeah i've got it now so he's hopped on <laughs> he that he's persuaded himself <laughs> yes yeah and he's uh well deserved actually so yeah yeah well it yeah, came out enjoyed- it came out during the fellowship and i was i was i was thinking oh, thank god i didn't pre-order it because I, I just would have lost all my time to oh, it because you would have jumped onto the oh, harry yeah. potter and oh, then yeah, 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it would have been yeah not good so i kept it away from myself and i'll i'll enjoy it in a in a month or two when things i, I mean i say when things have calmed down but <laughs> <laughs> how, how are things with you, you the studio at the moment is it like you've mentioned at the start hectic is it yeah. mid, mid project or delivery coming up yeah yeah so we're just busy on on lots of different projects with lots of different artists um and it's always it's always so much fun being involved with that and talking to so many clients and you know we have a lot of long-term contracts now you know that while we don't have like we might have everyday deadlines or every other day deadlines you know you just are trying to keep on top of it and ensure that every client is really happy that you know that it's not just the one out of ten it's the ten out of ten are all really happy and loving where you're going with it um and keeping on top of that you know is yeah, I really, I really, really enjoy it. But you know, it That's can, great. it can feel like you are, you know, juggling quite a lot of balls. Yes. Yeah. I bet. I'm sure you know the feeling. Yes. Yeah. Juggling things. Uh, yeah. A lot. We've been fortunate, actually, this side of Christmas to only juggle. Uh, a couple of things at the same time, but we are anticipating a, a big project coming in, so we're kind oh, of preparing exciting, yeah. to to juggle uh, 
a couple of things. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, all good stuff. It's like you say, it's, it makes it a lot easier when you love what you do. Um, Definitely, you know? yeah. Yeah, that you're, you're, you know, it's great to be able to get up on a Monday morning and be excited, you know, and that yeah. you're, you don't get to Friday thinking, oh, thank God, it's all over. Absolutely. You know, like, I just, I can't wait for the weekend to be able to restart again and talk to yeah. people again and talk to clients and get the artists going. And yeah, I've, I really, I, I think I've surprised myself how much I've, I've just loved running a team and having a business yeah. and, you know, just dealing with all that side of it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it definitely feels for me. I love it. What what what's it like being on this on that side of the business rather than the um you know the the artist side because you obviously juggle that side as well the the, the artist side and the business side. Mm. Uh, yeah, what what's that like briefly? Yeah, so I think some people have said to me that you know giving up the artist side is you know what you're passionate about is can be a huge blow for people, but I've actually really enjoyed it. You know, I've really enjoyed getting into the business side, and I love. Uh, the client relationship side I really do love that part of it and I really love talking to clients and people and you know dealing with the more business side of it so I haven't found myself missing doing the artist side of it whatsoever um you know when I get to do artist stuff nowadays it's normally marketing stuff or sales stuff you know demos that I might show to clients of us using Unreal Engine um and that's that's really I really enjoy that because it's building to a bigger vision you know um You know, sometimes I, I hop into projects with clients to make sure that they're all taken care of and something might be done or, you know, a very specific project I might be involved with. Um, you know, I'm involved with all of them in some sort of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I might not be on every single one as the artist, but every single artist has, you know, you know, it's is incredible what they do anyway. You know, they yeah. are 100% of my faith. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because people keep saying that to me about how do you deal with doing the business side rather than the art and it's I haven't really thought about it because I've not felt that like something's wrong or that yeah. I missed something I just feel like it's part of it and maybe that's part of being being a freelancer that as a freelancer you are your own business you know, mm-hmm, you, definitely. you know you're your own boss anyway so I don't think it's that different you know I'm still reading contracts still doing NDA still invoicing like I was before I've just got yeah. um extra responsibilities that I I love even more so it's yeah, great that's that's amazing. Thanks for joining us and thanks for thanks for your time because that was really interesting. And we've we've had a concept artist on in the past, and it's great to catch up with another concept artist uh, like yourself. So, thank you very much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me as well. Pleasure, Ellie. Thank you very much, man. You too. See you later. Okay. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye, Ellie. If you're looking for more conversations like this and can't wait for the next episode, head over to our YouTube channel or follow the link in the episode description.